Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, it's good singing, you know. Some of those songs. We, uh, Bible Holiness, they, uh, we're a town church. Um, we sing a lot of hymns, you know, but some of these songs I like, these other songs are pretty, pretty good. To learn them, you know. Pass them on. Praise the Lord. Well, we love you folks. Appreciate you all. Good to be here again. Thank you for indulging me these last <laughs> two nights. <laughs> and uh, uh, just love the Lord. We're going to try to preach here, get out of the way, come into the altars. I'm, I'm just thankful. Did did they, Brother Britt, did they send back the invitation for you to come down there? No? No? Okay. I thought you had something in writing, maybe. They're just wanting everybody to show up, you know, be a part of their festivities. Amen. That's that word, what is it, officious? Go whether you're invited or you're not invited. That's a good word. Amen. So, so we'll go uninvited. Amen. Praise God. They didn't invite me to Walmart. We'll just walk on and preach. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like that walk on thing, you know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to preach here tonight. Uh, continue to pray. Uh, a family over there. We're going to be in Jude and then Isaiah and Ephesians. But again, it's not going to be painful. The Word of God is sharp, I know. But we're going to start with Jude. We'll go to Ephesians and just work our way back to Isaiah. Pray for the Rick Bradley family. He's a good friend. Um, they were hung over there, and he's. We've known each other for years in the Ukraine, and uh, he's helped us with youth camps. He's preached on campus with us and here stateside, you know, just good testimony, really. Married a Ukrainian uh, lady. Her back went out on the text I got today. Her back went out, but they got out into Poland and, and then over into Slovakia. So they've got their children in some schooling over there. One of the sons has gotten a job, but they're trying to get back to the States. So pray for them. Rick Bradley. Amen. Thank you. Just by way of prayer request. We're in Jude. Uh, we'll read there first. And then uh, verse number three. Um, did you all know that, that the book of Jude is called the Acts of the Apostates? <laughs> That's the, it's referred to as that, the Acts of of the apostates. And you can read it and you can tell. Amen. Here, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should or ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So Jude gave all diligence to write this, and it was needful 
for him to write it. Because um, there's creepy people out there. They're creeping in. You know, they're creepy. And that's what it says in verse number 4, but I won't read that one. But they creep in, though. They're creepy. And then we're reading in Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians 6 and then Isaiah 59, uh, if you want to go there. just Again, just a few verses, a couple here. Verse number 10, Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren. Now, the word finally mean here, the word finally here means from now on. Finally, from now on, right? From now on, my brethren, that's the Greek, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And notice this here. And having done all to stand... And then verse 14, stand therefore. I'm just going to stop there. Just just stand. Stand. Stand at attention. Stand. Right? All right. In verse uh, chapter 59 of, of Isaiah and verse 14. 59, 14 of Isaiah. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice stands afar off. Hmm. Justice stands far off. It's a little different, isn't it? For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Amen. Father, we ask you to just help us here again tonight. We're asking for the precious anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord. We ask you to just, God, interrupt this service, Lord with your spirit, Lord. It already has been here, really. We're asking you just to have a mighty flow of the Holy Ghost. God, the anointing of Christ that makes preaching effective, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, to just touch our hearts, encourage us, strengthen us, give us boldness, help us, Lord, to carry the torch, Lord, to take the mantle, Lord, and carry it on and go all the way to the end as you have commanded us to do. In your name, we bind every devil, come against the principalities and the powers of darkness. And we ask you to just bless in these altars here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Preaching tonight here, simply titled, Contending for Christ in this cancel culture. Amen. In this cancel culture. Amen. Over 20 years ago, it may have been longer by now, but you may recall this story, I don't know. But off the coast of Taiwan, a 66-ton whale washed up dead on the beachhead there. And about two weeks later, the authorities decided to transport it across town to a laboratory. They took that 132,000-pound dead fish, they wanted to do an autopsy on it. And so they took, it took 50 workers three, 13 hours 
just to hoist that 50 or 60-pound monster onto a low boy or a flatbed or wherever they have. Onlookers gathered, pedestrians, shop owners, to see the bloated whale. And they transported this whale through town. But in the midst of the transfer, something very unpleasant happened. That truck and trailer on that road that was rough and jostling and rocking back and forth, coupled with the internal toxic gases, amen, you may want to fast, amen, agitating this 66-ton whale, and as you've already figured it out, it caused an explosion. And that whale um, <clears throat> went everywhere. I mean, every place. Well, traffic ground to a halt, and they had the hazmat crews come out there, and, uh, you know, they were called to the scene to clean up this massive, toxic mess. Well, what does that have to do with anything, Brother Matt? I'll tell you what it has to do. Simply this. A massive, toxic stench of lies has exploded in this country. From the White House to the Poor House to the Church House. Amen. To everywhere. Amen. It is rotten in Denmark. Amen. At all levels. Amen. This influx of lies, the false narratives. Amen. The deception, all the delusions. Amen. Well said the prophet Isaiah. He said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. That is plain to see that is happening. And if you cannot see that, you are blind already. You need to get your head out of the sand. Amen. As, as preachers of this gospel, amen, it is our duty to make every effort to clean this sloppy spiritual hazard up. It is to repair the breach, to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, amen, to do everything that we know to do, amen. You'll notice the Apostle Paul's commitment to reconcile, amen, men to the gospel all the time, reconcile, set things right. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament, amen, and he wrote to the church, and we know this again, I'm reminding us of how he wrote to the church to correct something. Always having to correct something. Something stinks. Something smelly. Somebody has uh, opened a can of sardines in the middle of the congregation. Amen. And so he is a man that really set the vanguard for, for us. Amen. To don these spiritual hazmat suits. Amen. And simply it's called the truth the truth, amen, to combat this with garments of the Holy Ghost and truth, amen, resulting in the boldness of the brethren, amen. Notice the scripture here in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 12 on to 13, I believe. But I would ye should, I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me, unto me, have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. That doesn't sound like anything got canceled to me. The furtherance of the gospel. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace 
and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing competent by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Wherein, uh, wherein the crowds that we engage and the mobs that are traversing our nation, you know, and throwing their filth in the streets and fires and smashing up places and just kind of, you know, vandalizing in the mob out there, you know, they require and feed off of each other and make zero progress. In, in fact, it just goes in the toilet bowl. Paul here has fueled many by his testimony here. Him being in prison, him suffering bonds, him going through has caused the brethren, amen, to wax competent and to become much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Do you see how that works? I think it works great. You see, it's the only way to combat this toxic waste in a post-truth culture that we live. Jude, Jesus' brother, calls on us to earnestly, or half-brother, I think, I don't know how that works. Amen. Earnestly calls us to earnestly contend for the faith. That just means you're going to struggle. The Greek there is to suffer, to be under great stress, to fight a fight. So something is involved here. Whereas one man said, you know, in this cancel culture we live, the objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than emotional appeals. What has taken the precedence in America today? Emotional appeals. Amen? Emotion, emotion, emotion. Thin-skinned, everything. You know, just horrible. I was reading, we saw a video, Brother Charlie had showed it to me there at the University of Missouri. It piqued my curiosity because it was in the show-me state, you know, where we live. And, and it was a video of a conservative man. I think his name was Michael Knowles. He's a Catholic man, but he stood his ground, we noticed, very well. And he was simply addressing the university there on, a, on a, a little speech entitled, Women Are Not Men, or Men Are Not Women, whichever way it was. And, and, and he began to expound upon that, and the rants began. I mean, it, it, it become just like... Um, you know, Sproul Plaza in Berkeley or Stephen Austin State University or something. It just begun. The rants, the abusive language, the profanity, the filthy gestures, all the screaming. I mean, the gloves came off. And there were some arrests even made right there. Amen. They just went off. But he stood his ground well. You know, you got to do that. You got to stand your ground against this. There was no reason there. Absolutely no logic, absolutely no argument coming out of that, those bunch of thugs. It was just thuggery and, 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 you know, compelling, you know, the compelling speech, you know, don't, don't say she or he or ma'am and, but I really rub it in, you know, sir, ma'am, he, she, and just address them with all their pronouns. Just start at one and go right down the line. And so they make sure they understand. But all of that, you know, don't, and I'm going, flowing into this, you know, you hear, we're seeing all this, all the emotional stuff, you know, people, you know, just, just manifesting in such a lewd fellows of the baser sort comes to mind. 
Amen. Don't say anything about this. Amen. Nothing cogent, nothing coherent or decent. Anything that makes sense. Amen. We're going to cancel that. Don't you start a weed eater with gas in it here. All right. You need to run a 7,000 foot electrical cord from your house so you can do some work down. Whatever. You know, that's real smart. And now all of that, if it makes sense, amen, you know, you, you just, you just accept this without question, amen. Well, well, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Amen. A direct stand has to be taken in even the visible church. In fact, the command in Psalm 94 and 16 is, as we all know, amen, that we are to rise up, amen, against these evildoers. We're to stand against the workers of iniquity. Amen. This is the present landscape and it deepens and has deepened to reprobation. On cue, as I said the other evening, people begin to just bark like dogs. Sodomites begin to bark. Emotion takes over. Subjective reasoning takes over, if you can call it that. Seems to be an oxymoron to me. Amen. Versus any kind of objectivity or truth. Amen. We are inundated, amen, with the woke and the virtual and the surreal and the psych, soco, psych, whatever they call themselves, psychopaths, you know, sociopaths and, and, and pathological liars and, and all of these just despises of those that are good. The word fierce comes to mind. Amen. We must exert ourselves to the utmost. Amen. Through, though, though it may be costly and agonizing to us. Isaiah made the assessment years ago. Truth is fallen in the street. Equity cannot enter. Amen. Into a discussion, equity cannot enter. Into the Supreme Court, just getting a justice on there, equity cannot enter. We can't even vote on anybody there. I mean, that's, that's where it's gone. The media, uh-uh. Nothing going on there as far as equity. Any debate, any interview at every level, school boards, I mean, Senate hearings, any kind of house, judicial, executive branches, all through, amen, truth faileth for the most part. You and I are prey and God is angry. There is no intercessor hardly. Where are the men is the question that is asked. Where are the men that will rise up against this in this hour? You see, there's a great big pileup in the streets. Amen. And in our culture. Honesty and sincerity cannot enter. Amen. Decency, truth is assaulted in this colossal pileup. And the implication is what? We as Christians insist, as God insists, on absolutes, on the Word of God. And any appeals, amen, to Bible truths, amen, are ignored. They are harpooned, lampooned, call it what you want, twisted, and we'll just use the word canceled. You see, Paul agrees with Isaiah in Romans 1. We see the truth is being suppressed. God is on the witness stand. The burden of proof is on us, they say. And the disease of suppression is the worst plague of all. Amen? It's the repression of dissenting opinions. You see, the truth is almost stopped dead in its tracks on the streets, failing to reach, now notice this, 
It's failing to reach its desired destination, and that is for our sakes and purposes, the heart, amen, the destination, the heart of that next generation out there. You see, this lazy COVID-induced culture, amen. Notice that Paul said to Timothy these words, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, You preach the word. You be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and I'm not getting it exactly, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, because the day is going to come and the time has come where they're going to heap to themselves itching ears, amen, believing fables, amen, and they heap to themselves all of that, and we're seeing hence the charge from Paul to the preacher Timothy, amen, I charge thee therefore. This is a charge here. To discharge your duty to preach zealously. Chrysostom, uh, an old saint from days gone by, just as fountains, though none, may draw from them, still flow on and rivers, though none may drink from them. Still run, so must we do, all on our part, though none give heed to us. In other words, if they listen, fine. And if they don't, which is going to be for the most part and forbear and not forbear, amen, you tell them anyways. You set your forehead like an adamant. You stand in the gap. You do what God has told you to do. Preaching transcends all other callings. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he warned Corinth of the perils of becoming a castaway even then. In the last part of 1 Corinthians 9, right at the very end. The pattern again is illustrated. Amen. The Apostle Paul preaching in Acts chapter number 16. Amen. Paul is preaching to a woke mob there. I think he was. Now that I understand some of this. The kingdom of God versus the powers of Satan, battling it out at the end of the age. Amen. Forces that are antagonistic to God. All the powers that be, be they political, be they social, be they religious, economic, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and they're going to join into that mixed multitude that was a mass against Paul and Silas even back then and the prophets even back then. These same forces were against Jesus Christ for 33 and a half years. I mean, he's a babe. And they're trying to slaughter him. It's the same forces that Joseph faced. Daniel, Noah, Job, Elijah, Peter, all the prophets. It all points to the end of the ages. And the same day, the Bible says, Pilate and Herod were made friends together. For before, they were at enmity between themselves. Z is friendly with Putin. Putin's friendly with Biden. And I, I don't mind naming names because y'all see what's going on. The pilot and Herod are yoking together in this hour. And they want to cancel nobody and nothing else but you, me, this Bible, and Jesus. That's what they want. That's what it's all about. Amen. And if you hadn't figured that out, then just read your Bible. All nations are going to come pass around Israel, finally, in this Armageddon showdown. Amen. Everything is moving into position. Laws are being passed to weary us. 
Islam is encroaching on every hand. Communism is encroaching. Socialism, amen. I mean, progressivism, unilateralism is policies, amen. And we've even got a woke Jesus and a woke church now. Isn't that nice? All the institutions combining their efforts against Christians and Christianity. This is cancel culture, folks. What happened at Philippi to Paul and Silas and being jailed is universal as far as Christians are concerned. It's going to happen. To stand in this time, amen, to do what we need to do in this hour, amen, of spiritual apostasy, we need to know them which labor among us, don't we? Amen. We got to know people. We got to know what their intent and their motive is even. I mean, the Holy Ghost gives us discernment, but the reason all this is happening is because there is no discernment hardly anymore. I mean, the, the, the gift of the Holy Ghost was given to us, and we got all nine gifts of the Spirit, no question about it. But the one that's needed the most right now is the spirit of discernment for the most part. Mark those that cause division among you and avoid them. Oh, that's unloving, Brother Matt. He said, don't even eat with them. Don't even sit down to a meal with them. Don't bid them Godspeed. If they're covetous, idolatrous, fornicators, whatever it may be, that's, that is the wording here. It's serious. It sobers. It ought to sober us up. Amen. We ought not to be eating with people that are covetous and idolatrous. And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who it is in it is that is worthy. And there abide till you go thence, Matthew 10 and 11. What is he talking about here, amen? That means you're to conduct an inquiry. You're to investigate. You're to do some interrogating. You're to ask some questions. You're to have a desire to know, amen, what is going on with this life. I want to know. There ain't nothing coming under my roof, amen, where I live in Neosho, Missouri, there on 14874 Highway MM. I ain't letting nothing up in that yard or anything to come in that house. I'm going to know about it. You see, we should ask questions. An inquiry needs to be made. You've got to discern. I've been around people. They ain't got a right spirit. There's something wrong with that. They're effeminate or they're, they're floozy-like. You know, that young lady's in trouble. That fella, he's effeminate. He's soft. Listen, you ain't got to be a, you know, a, 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 you know, a sodomite to go to hell. Just you do. Just, just be effeminate. Just act like one. Just act like one. That's what the Bible says. You just act like one, amen? You've got to inquire about this thing, amen? This cancel culture wants no part of that. You know what matters to them? Delusion. They need to change their sign. Delusion matters. That's what it needs to be. We need to interrogate that, to uncover every wrongdoing. But what are they doing? What, what is this culture doing? We ramrod everybody through. We ramrod them through. Get them through. Get them through. Just get, and don't say anything about this. Just get them through. Without so much as a thought is to expose things like pedophilia, corruption. You know how they, you know, anything, nothing like, you know. But we're there. Amen. A poet years ago, I mean, we're talking about goat and sheep here. And, Wheat and tares even within the church. Within, within the church. 
he wrote this here, and he said, Lo, to every man and nation, a poet named Russell said this. I don't know, I just found this. Lo, to every man and nation comes the moment to decide, parts the goats upon the left and the sheep upon the right. And that is what's going on. Amen. In this hour. Amen. It is so, it, it, it is to this crowd that we and, and our nation, I dare say, that we're preaching as they did in days gone by. Amen. I want us to notice here the prophets. Amen. The John the Baptist, the Jesus preached to this cancel culture back then before it was ever coined a praise. And that winnowing fan called preaching. That winnowing fan we call preaching, man, has divided divided people then, and it's dividing people now. Amen. That canceled message, the canceled message here, huh, has moved on unavoidable as it did before. Amen. Joseph Parker said this. He was a great writer, and he said this. He said, the world hates the 401st prophet. Micaiah was the 401st prophet, the lone dissenter. As the Lord liveth what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That's in 1 Kings 22 and 14. Micaiah was given the bread of affliction, and he was put in prison. Ahab hated Micaiah so much, but feared him enough to disguise himself in battle. Ahab warned, amen, or being warned by Micaiah, you will lose if you return at all in peace. The Lord hath not spoken by me, he said. Hearken all ye people, every one of you. And we live in a time of Ahab's, and we live in a time of even Jehoshaphat's, a mixture of the flesh and the spirit, and Baal, and all that, and giving place to Jezebel, unify. You know, that was just happened in Thyatira. The Bible says that they suffered Jezebel, amen, to have the preeminence there. And even God threatened to kill the children in that church. Ahab and Jehoshaphat, they still go up against Ramoth Gilead. We're going to go to battle anyways, amen. Unification. There it is. World government. World religion. Amen. All the church. Reach across the aisle. Stop being so difficult. Lighten up. You know, get in the same egg crate with us. That's the problem. There are no Micaiahs out there hardly. No Enochs or Johns or all whatever as we preached last night. For very, or there are very few and it's dwindling at that. Amen. We talk about being different, but we have never more have been more alike. I'm different, Brother Matt. I don't think so. These college kids and these teenagers come out there and they boast and they rebel about being different. Amen. They dress the same. They talk the same. They smoke the same weed, drink the same booze. Amen. They look alike. They're not different. They're not different. They hang out the same places. They do the same things. They're a bunch of ditto heads. You're not different. You want to be different? Get born again. Come on the winning side over here. Oh, Brother Matt, look at all these people out here. You know, I said, no, we're, the majority is me, this book, and the Holy Ghost and Christ in me. That's the majority here today. In case you didn't know, I just want to remind you. And so I, I don't mind saying that. Listen, you can stand when you know you're right. I think Brother Clinton said it. You can stand when you know you're right. And see, this is what happened. Amen. These college kids, they're not there. They're a mob. 
They're in one great big sloppy hog pen with everybody. Amen. Satan's plan to control the masses and, and, and homogenize everything in one, into one great big monolithic mass. Amen. And you should be pleasant and just this get alongism and the tolerance and the mantras, the acceptance and the diversity there. Like a vacuum, what do people do? They just dive in headlong. Hand in hand, they join each other. Amen. Let's everybody get on the love train. Remember the love train? Yeah. In such a time as this, you know, right now, and this woke, all this cancel, it doesn't breed prophets. It don't breed preachers. It don't breed really uh, none of that. But men who speak for God, you know, we need to stay out of that fog out there. We need to stay out of that. Men who speak for God. Noah looked upon, amen, this man as some backwoods eccentric, you know. And he had to look at the backside of a door that God shut and people are screaming out there. And the flood came. And 16 million people are gone, as I understand it. Elijah stood alone amidst those priests of Baal. Amen. And the crowd answered, the Bible says, not a word. Amos stood alone. Amen. One scholar wrote, he said his time had not been spent in a divinity school. He was unwilling to be classed as a member of the guilds who made their living by bowing to the wishes of the people and preaching a pleasing message that would guarantee a return engagement. Thanks for inviting me back, brother. I appreciate that. I remember one year I preached six or seven revivals. It was several years ago, and I got an invitation from one church back. That's not a real good percentage. For, but I, I ain't the church-to-church church preacher. I tell them, you got the wrong number. You need to call somebody else who tickle your ear. I'm not going to tickle your ear. You know, Jeremiah stood out like a blazing fire against those who wanted to tranquilize the people with a message of peace when there was no peace. And we're still reading about Jeremiah. The happy Goodman family are gone. And them quartets are gone. You see, Daniel spoke for God and he prayed for God. Right in the midst of that pagan empire, he's praying. Amen. It cost him a night in the lion's den. But he read the handwriting on the wall. Paul, the Bible says, conferred not with flesh and blood, but with headquarters, amen, from above. One man said Paul was a strategist who thought out his strategy on the field of war, not in some Jerusalem war office where parchment and sealing wax were more plentiful than experience and foresight. Did you hear that? You see, these men were true prophets. They were solitary people, dissenters. Micaiah, amen, was to speak before 400 prophets and two kings. Hey, what could go wrong? You need to adjust. You need to conform. You get on this gravy train and ride with us. Adjust to what, may I ask? Adjust to what? The world? Sin? Flesh? Carnality? Folks, we're not called to harmonize, you know, people to God. We're called to reconcile them to God. Amen? And, and that. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Is that Corinthians 6.15? So they tried to silence Micaiah. You know, 
persecution is not always putting your head on the charger like John the Baptist, right? And so they try to bribe and extort him, and they, they try to promote him and give him a little more money to shut him up. Amen. Just do something with him, you know, so he'll quit working our street corner. Just do something with him. He's working our side of the street. Amen. And a true prophet won't work both sides of the street. We don't wine and dine with folks, amen, with all them, fraternizing with all that. We don't preach one way in one camp and then preach one way in another. He's not a politicizer. He's not bribed. His wife and kids don't run him. Amen. Whenever my wife tells me to do something, I say, yes, ma'am. No, I'm just kidding. You know? You know, I mean... Well, I gave you the illustration of the guy there at the Joyce Myers thing. You know, he's just kind of like, come on, man. We're, he, he, this is what, you know, has, is happening. You know, long hair on the, on the guys and, and, and the earrings and, and the, everything's just a mess. And just turned on his head. What, what is going on here? And uh, so he's not listening to his wife, right? He's listening to God. They don't run him. The religious constituency is, is, is not going to run him. And, and they take great exception and pains, amen, on these campus religious organizations. And notice what Jesus said about this. He said, he said here, Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Ye are the children of them that killed the prophets. And he's weeping over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I've sent you prophets, but you would not. I'd have gathered you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her little bitties, but you would not. One generation, I think it was Ravenhill said, one generation stones them, the next builds sepulchers in honor to them. Organized religion hates the preacher who God governs. They, they're enraged because they can't control him. And Micaiah is like this. He's a lone dissenter, 400 to 1. His diet was the bread and water of affliction and trouble. He had scant provisions. Amen. And his orders were, what thus saith the Lord? You see, that's what we need in this hour to live. Amen. In this cancel culture that we live. You see, we've got to be trustworthy. This ain't going to take too long, by the way, so amen. We've got to be trustworthy. In here and out there. We try to preach on testimony, trying to preach on that, getting that river going, you know. Keep our lives right. Keep everything going. Our disposition has to be right. Our spirit has to be right. Amen? Amen. But, but we don't have the option to hit the snooze button. I don't have the option to delete the text. I don't, I don't have the option, amen, to decline the phone call, if you will. Amen? Amen? You see, trustworthy has to be in every area, every part of our life, while we're contending for the faith. Because it's going to be really tight. In days to come, they're going to be getting in your face. They're going to, it's going to get more vile, more, it, it's just going to degenerate. It always, it, the, if it weren't so, he would have told us. 
It's just going to go down. It just gets worse and worse. Amen. And remember, we've got to remember now, this is spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. It's demons. Amen. And spirits. I'm, I'm seeing more of this in my travels. You probably are too. People are manifesting in such a way. Amen. And it's more than just plummeting into some, you know, internet rabbit hole. Amen. It's not done in one by just sharing some good information, have a good, a little good preaching maybe. Amen. Paul said it was an in demonstration and in power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have to be able to cast demons out. I mean, folks going to want it. I understand that. I'm not going to screw up the people. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to cast demons out of here. You know. I mean, we we had we had situation one time back in in, in, in uh, Live Oak, Florida, Swanee County, over there at that Assembly of God one night. There's a woman sitting on a bar stool about ten miles away on the county line bar, right there in Columbia County, and she. She just sitting there, and she, a demon's about a 50-something-year-old woman. You know, she, demons jumped on her shoulders and said, you need to drink the booze, snort the last of your coke, coke out there, and, and go to the Swanee River and drown yourself. You ain't no count for anybody. And she, she got in her vehicle. She did all that. She got in her vehicle, and she's headed for the Swanee River. When she got down Highway 90, uh, headed toward Falmouth, if you, know that, you don't know that road, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you the truth. Falmouth, right there. Somehow, somehow she said later, my car turned onto that Mitchell Road right there, going on up to the church. We were in church service that night, and the brother was pastor was preaching, and and um, she she got up there and she said, I don't know how that car turned. When I got over there, up there, but just half a mile around the corner up there, the church was there. All the cars. She said she asked herself, I wonder what they're doing up in there. And the car turned somehow right into the parking lot, and here she come. She come in the back door about halfway, two-thirds of the way through the service. She come through the back doors. Amen. Had an aisle here, aisle here, aisle here. She come down that left center aisle, whatever it was. Here she comes, staggering down, bloodshot eyes. She sees the tears in her eye. She got through there, you know, to the front. She stood right here. Everybody's looking. The preacher stopped. And, and she said, I, I don't know how I got here, but I need help. Preacher said, well, ma'am, you came to the right place. Can we say that? Can we say that? Hey, man, we got around here an hour and a half. We prayed. Two demons come out of her. One lust, one booze, drugs, some, you know, real bad stuff. She spit up some stuff, you know, and, and, and on. And an hour and a half later, she was sober. And in her right mind, she dumped the rest of that Michelob booze, whatever it was she had, Dumped it out in the parking lot, you know. Flushed some stuff down the toilet, I recall. Amen. And, and, and she'd shoot herself up. She'd shoot her drugs up right there. So nobody would see that right there. And, and she wouldn't do it here. She'd put them in her ankle there. And um, just completely demon-possessed. You see, she got set free. And it may happen. I, I won't even say may. We need to be ready for this kind of stuff. Amen. We need to be ready for this kind of stuff. It's got to be in demonstration and in power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A thousand times over, we've got to be reminded. Amen. When demolishing and pulling down these strongholds, it's more than just a good apologetic. 
It's a good tool. I'm not thrown off against that. We've got to have that. Amen. We use it. It's great. It's Bible. Amen. And all. Amen. We've done this thing a hundred times though. We've done it a thousand times. We've done it ten thousand times. We got this. Amen. We got the scripture. Okay. I get it. Amen. But it's easy to rely on the flesh and not the Holy Ghost. It gets monotonous. It gets routine if we aren't led by the Holy Ghost to quicken it. I said it gets monotonous. It gets mechanical. And you know some of these preachers out there I'm talking about. In the midst of a myriad of lies, our reliance has to be on God's Word and His Spirit. Isaiah 54 and 17, There's no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. That is an absolute right there. We must have God's power. I've got to stay anchored to the truth, and the truth has to stay anchored to me. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. The world is headed, amen, as we speak for renovation. Apocalypse is near. Armageddon is approaching. Hebrews 12 says, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. It's going to be shaken, including and especially our spirit, our soul, our will, just our entire being. We're going to be shaken to see that those things which can't be shaken will remain. They're coming for us. In a lot of ways. Amen. But we must stand. We have got to stand. Jude said, you've got to earnestly contend for the faith. That's what he said. Amen. As I close here, pretty quick here. Just a moment. <clears throat> How can we expect to rout the forces of hell if we don't earnestly contend? We've got to con- I mean... Sam Houston, I'll just read it. He led the Texans in a struggle for independence, and I'll quote this. After terrible losses, fight against all odds, he defeated the Mexicans and captured their leader. Now, don't, don't go to Sam Houston for your spiritual, you know, stuff, okay? You know, but, but I like the quote here. Under the nose of this Mexican leader, amen, he thrust a nod-on ear of corn. And he said to this, um, forgot his name, Do you ever expect to conquer men who fight for freedom when their leader marches four days with one ear of corn for his rations? Do you ever expect to conquer the forces of hell? Do we ever expect if we don't earnestly contend? I think old Sam here contended pretty well. I mean, four days on the march, eating an ear of corn, he jams it up in the nose of this belly, you know. What do you do? You think? You know? But listen, that was that was a you know, that was Sam Houston. He got he got a statue and, and, and a university named after him. That's nice. I want to read you another story here. Most of us know who Teddy Roosevelt is. Teddy Roosevelt served as our twenty sixth president. And an interesting story uh, I found here um, while he was campaigning for presidency back in October of 1912. It was in Milwaukee here. He'd left the hotel, 
And he had a speech to give there to supporters. And as he went to his transportation, a 36-year-old down on his luck bartender, uh, later he was declared insane, took a 38 caliber revolver and, and he jammed it in right there, right there by Roosevelt, and he shot him right there in, in, in his side, right here. And the bullet got in to his chest area, near his rib cage, stopping just short of his heart. And fortunately, the record states, he had taken his 50-page speech and folded it in half. That means there's 100 pages now. And stuffed it in his overcoat pocket. And that slowed the bullet down in addition to his overcoat and an eyeglass case, which is on display in some museum somewhere, Smithsonian or something. Got a bullet fragment, you know, going right through it. Slowed that bullet down. They advised that he seek medical assistance, but he coughed a few times. He spit on the ground, and he didn't see any blood. The bullet, you know, coming to the conclusion, the bullet had not entered into his lung. So he went on, amen, determined to give his speech. With a bullet lodged in his chest. And he gave a 90-minute speech. He stepped up on the stage in the Milwaukee Auditorium. He unbuttoned his overcoat, revealing a blood-stained shirt, and he uttered one of the most famous lines, it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. Though wounded, he wouldn't be canceled. Uh Uh-huh. He wouldn't be defeated. And he survived. I think he went over to the fella and he just put his, put his hand on his head. He picked, looked at him. He said, don't do any harm to this fella. Don't do any harm to him. He gave instruction to the police right there. You don't harm this fella. You get him in cars, get him checked out, you know. Got up there and 90 minutes. Look, folks, I can't even do that without a bullet in my torso. I mean, I don't think any of us, I wouldn't want to. I mean, I can go on campus and do it. You know, that's different. You know, we got, uh, anyway, so, 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 so that, but, the, but that was Teddy. T- Teddy's dead and gone. Amen. And, and I'm thankful for his grit. I'm thankful for this illustration. It's great. But he wasn't a heavenly man. You see, the soldiers of our commander in chief, like Moses, I believe it was, right? And the Egyptian and the Pharaoh and all of them got canceled in a great big flood, huh? Across that Red Sea, they got canceled. The Ten Commandments, I believe, are still in a lot of places, even across America. Hmm. Still with us today. Daniel, hey, hungry lions. They couldn't cancel this praying man. Reading handwriting on the wall, interpreting dreams, amen. No cancellation of David. We got Noah, about 16 million people as I understand it, including the mockers and the scoffers of his day. They got canceled. But God needed the preacher of righteousness, amen. Mordecai and Esther, no gallows were high enough. No decree was powerful enough, amen, to get rid of them. Haman and his assassins were dealt with and they were dealt with 
harshly. Three Hebrew boys, amen. No fiery furnace, amen. No idolatrous law could keep the fourth man from getting in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar, amen, is eating grass like a cow. And those soldiers, amen, that threw them into that furnace received their just recompense. A host of prophets, the words of their ministry, live on today because of Almighty God. Eleven of the twelve disciples couldn't be canceled, though they suffered martyrdom. You see, we have it before us tonight. This cancel culture we're going to have to face. And we will. Apostle Paul, every demon, knew him. Every demon knew him. You remember, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? Hmm? Quite an indictment there. Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But look at his testimony. It is impeccable. He's in jails, Shipwrecks, beatings, robbed, constant peril, mobs, woke mobs, religious devils. And he fought and he finished the course. The greatest missionary, as we understand it. The list goes on and on. Whistley, uh, Whistley, Whitfield, Wesley, Finney, Moody, and all the great missionaries we've read about. All the great preachers, they live on. Their lives have lived on. Most of all, our Jesus. Amen. Nothing will ever be able to cancel Calvary. Nothing will ever to be able to cancel the blood, the Word of God, amen, the Holy Ghost, the eternal Christ, the church, amen, God's people. How absurd people are to think. What folly that people think that they'll be able to cancel this. One man said, I think it was John Rice, old Baptist preacher years ago, they kidnapped him. And they threatened to kill him. And he said, are you threatening me with heaven? Amen. I'm closing. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. They can't shame us. We're already unashamed. Can't shame us. Be prepared for what's coming, though. You know, the cancel culture, anything objectionable, anything offensive, we're going to cancel you. We're going to cancel your account, your social media, whatever. I don't follow any of that. But that's, that's the definition. Yes, the gospel is an ultimatum here. They'll not cancel that. It's not an option. It's rational and supremely rational. Amen. It's really the only way to make sense of anything. Look, let the heathen rage. Let the heathen rage. Let them imagine a vain thing. Let the rulers, let the kings of the earth take counsel together against the Lord, against the anointed one. Psalm 2 here I'm quoting from. Let the atheists insanely try to prove the non-existence of God. It's real important to them, you know. You can understand why. Psalm 2 says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. And I looked that word up. You know what it means? It means he will ridicule them. He's going to scorn them to show how contemptuous and incorrigible they are. He's going to laugh. Their calamity is going to come in that day. And God is going to go, ha, ha, ha. He's going to laugh. 
You didn't listen to me. You didn't hear the reproofs. You didn't listen to the preachers out there. You wouldn't listen, mom. You wouldn't listen, son. You wouldn't listen, daughter. You wouldn't listen, grandma. Off to hell with you. It's unloving. No, it's just. That's the problem. Equity is not entering in. There's no judgment. And God is displeased with that. Yea, He's angry. That's why He's going to laugh. A calamity will come. The cancer may come even. And what do people do? I've seen them. They got cancer. They're in a wheelchair. They got a cigarette in one hand, a cigar in the other. They're on oxygen. They got a bottle of beer stuck somewhere on there. And they're wheeling themselves into a casino. You're insane, mister. You are insane. More insane than Putin ever thought about being. You're crazy. In this hour, the Lord sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Why shouldn't he? You trampled on my blood. You've mocked me. You scoffed me. The Lord shall have them in derision. I'm going to ridicule you. I'm going to scorn you. Amen. I'm going to show you how contemptuous and incorrigible you really are. Then shall he speak unto them in his love. No, in his wrath. And vex them in his sore displeasure. That doesn't sound like the hippie Jesus they're describing in the woke culture out here. You know, asking, you know, John to help me with the Sermon on the Mount, you know. How stupid. Idiot. I mean, who got up with that? You know? And they're having a fist fight. I saw the clip, you know, just... You gotta be a deranged individual to do something like that. You have to be sick, sick, sicko to do something like that. Okay. It's all right. You say, oh God, you know, he's gonna have mercy on me. No, he ain't. He's gonna laugh. He's gonna laugh right here. He's gonna vex you in his sore displeasure. That's what's gonna happen to this cancel culture in this hour. It's gonna happen. This woke, this mob, these bunch of radical left wing progressive, you know, we're gonna fill our gas tank up with, you know, cow flatuations. You're crazy! You're gonna have a submarine, you know, taxi from here to England, you know. You know, smoking crack, AOC. It's crazy. I'm sorry, but I can't. Listen, folks. If God be for us, who can be against us? What's the answer to all this? Stand. We stand. We stand in the gap. Prayer the breach. We do what God told us to do. We stand. Amen. We stand with Jesus. He's going to do the canceling. He's going to do the multiplying. He's going to do the addition. He's going to do all the division and the subtracting. He alone who is worthy. Stand tonight. (coughs) Come on, brother. Pray a song that you feel like the Lord's going to help us with here tonight. Cancel culture. What do we do? I try to go over everything. I've tried to lift every rock. I'm going to have to get some more material, more stories, more. Y'all make me work when I come here. That's good. I do this all the time, though. So whenever I preach, 
I got stuff right here, you know. I had it from Charlie. Little, I tear stuff off, you know, these envelopes, you know. And, and I say, Charlie, oh, touchy. I scribble stuff down on napkins, French fry holders, inverted, of course, because you can't write on the red thing there, you know. I got all kinds of stuff stuck everywhere. Tithe envelopes. I'm getting better. I use my phone. Hey, God's good. We're not canceled, folks. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I, He said it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You stay with God. Just stay with God. Stay with Jesus. It's not rocket science, folks. Stay on your prayer bones. Stay in your Bible. Keep praying. Keep in church. Keep preaching. Just stand. And I assure you, because if it were not so, He would have told us. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we come to these altars and get a double portion of the Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Go ahead, brother. Hallelujah. God's good to us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, I've said it over and over again recently. The more that you walk in true biblical love, the more hateful people will assume that you are. And that's not just the world. That's in the professing church. There is a humanistic love, a spirit of humanism <clears throat> that has swept the church. You don't have to go to, you know, a four-year university to get inoculated with humanism. All you have to do is allow the second commandment of love to barely usurp the first commandment of love. The first and the greatest commandment is to love God with all of the being. Amen. And if you do that, there is going to be a zeal against sin. That's going to be the paramount thing. You know, when I, I hear Brother Matt, you know, he preaches a message like that. And, you know, there's a lot of folk that say, well, that. It may be true, but that's really kind of on the fringe. No, that's the God I know. Come on. That's the God I know. That's the God I serve. That's the God I know. Come on, preacher. Yes, sir. And he's going to laugh as he put people in hell. That's in the Bible. You, You better get settled in that. You better get settled in that God. You better know that God. Because if you think it's bloody right now, it's going to get a lot more bloody. And it's going to cost you to walk in the love of Christ. That means, first and foremost, I'm going to stand with him. With him. Whoever like it or don't like it. Amen. Whatever people think about me. Amen. Whatever they say. I'm standing with him. Amen. That's got to, that's the people going to make it. You look around and they got a lot of folk. I mean, they caught up in what they think is love and it's nothing but human sentiment 
It's all it is. It's all it is. We're called to love people, but you can't love nobody unless you love Jesus first. You can't really love folk unless you love God supremely. Amen. Praise God. I, I'm going to stand by the grace of God. How about you? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. Brother Timothy, would you dismiss us with prayer? Amen. God bless you. We have a fellowship meal directly after service here. We'll see you there at the fellowship. God bless you.